Welcome, everyone. Um, thank you for taking time out of your busy day to join uh, Procana's inaugural LinkedIn Live event. My name is Dee Dee Perkins. I'm one of the co-founders of Procana, and I'm the CEO. Um, Procana is an intelligent tool that increases compliance and eases the pain of maintaining it across any cannabis organization. Um, so for the next 20 minutes or so, uh, we're going to address three areas of cannabis compliance. The first is dealing with the regulatory landscape and FDA scrutiny. Uh, the second is how to use compliance as the segue to sustainable brand equity. And the third is how to use best practices to empower employees, reduce turnover, and improve brand consistency and trust. Um, so we'll save a few minutes at the end of the event. Uh, if you have any questions, we're happy to address them. And if by chance there are more questions and we have time, you know, definitely reach out to um, me and Sherry on LinkedIn. I'm happy to message or, you know, schedule a conversation, whatever works for you. So um, we're all in this together. Um, but without further ado, I am happy to introduce Sherry Tarr. Um, Sherry is the newest member of Procana's Board of Advisors. Um, she is a person who absolutely relates to the challenges of compliance. Um, a 35-year-old, 35-year uh, veteran of the, the compliance uh, world. I like the first thing you said. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay, 35 years. Um, <laughs> Sherry has seen it all. Uh, she's seen the good, as she says, the bad and the totally um, avoidable. Uh, one thing that I certainly can attest to is that uh, Sherry still finds joy in compliance, which is amazing in and of itself. But um, I'm so glad she's here today to share some of the insights that she's gained. Um, so Sherry, the floor is yours. Uh, maybe start out by telling us a little bit about your background and how you found yourself in the cannabis industry. Happy to do it and happy to join you, Didi, and happy to be a part of the Procana journey. Um, thank you all for being here. Um, a little grace to uh, your two co-hosts here, as this is our first time doing this. Um, and uh, so thank you for, for, for that intro, that kind intro, Didi. Um, you're right, I've uh, uh, 35 years of dealing with the commercialization of FDA regulated products, um, dealing with compliance issues, um, been on the front lines, um, as, as I like to say, as a former pharmaceutical sales and marketing executive, I've seen how the sausage was made and marketed. Um, I, I've seen the good, I've seen the bad, I've seen the totally avoidable. Um, as an attorney, after I worked for pharma, I had um, the privilege of <laughs> explaining to juries um, how um, product journeys and regulatory violations really impacted um, consumers, product safety, how those products um, and, and how those products were, were marketed and manufactured um, got us in, into, into a troublesome situation. Um, and then as a consultant to cannabis brands and life sciences companies, um, helping them to commercialize uh, their brands and their businesses in a compliant way and working with licensed applicants and trying to construct compelling applications um, that these days are very, very compliance centric. Um, so um, uh, that's a little bit about my background, uh, just to give everyone a perspective on where I'm coming from, having seen it um, from inside uh, the belly of the beast, so to speak, but also um, just from 35 years of seeing every version of, of this, figuring out that there's a better way and, and there's a, there's a, a path forward. Um, and, and it starts with, as, as I've liked, as I've said, it starts with a sort of a change of the mindset that, that 
that all of us have all listen here here um let me take a step back for a second we're all in this all, any any one of us that's in this industry right now whether we are growing storing transporting advising selling testing packaging and labeling um we are all part of this um regulatory compliance landscape and all part of mainstreaming this industry. And so what I have found and what I find joy in is if we can shift our mindset and how we're thinking about compliance and see it more as a segue to sustainable brand equity as a vehicle for um, building and maintaining a successful operation, it changes how we attach ourselves to this compliance thing, it takes the fear out of it, and it allows you to create a different relationship <laughs> with compliance. Um, you know, not to go to Tony Robbins or Joel Olstein on, on us all, but you know, I think it starts with changing your relationship, getting a good space with compliance and see it not as a burden, not as something to fear, not as an obligation, but rather as an opportunity, as a segue to sustainable brand equity, as a segue to revenue. Um, so uh, that's, that's where I come from um, and why, quite frankly, why Procana resonated with me so much after looking at you know, many, I'm always looking, all of, all of us advisors, we're always looking for ways to help our clients, looking for tools um, and, and ways that we can mitigate against risk um, and, and, and serve our, our, our clients in this, in this journey, whether they're brands, whether they're businesses, license holders, license applicants. And what resonated the most for me with Propana and, and what people should be looking for as they look to build out their compliance strategy is technologies and people that help you with three things. One, it's, I call it the three C's of compliance. One, have a technology, have a system where your SOPs, your regulations, um, your training, your auditing, that's all centralized. Um, and that the information that's inside that system and that's conveyed out to um, all the people in your organization, that's consistent. So the training is consistent. The SOPs are consistently followed, et cetera. You get my, you get my rhythm here. And then that it's continuous. Compliance is not something that you apply as a gloss later. Um, it should be integral to your operation and it should be something that is consistent and continuous throughout your product life cycle, your business life cycle, your licensed life cycle. Um, that's where I'm, that's where I'm coming from. And, and I'll just, I'll close out this little section and then flip it back to you, uh, Didi, so we can hear also from your perspective, having worked for a major MSO um, and having been in the belly of the beast, so to speak yourself and having front row experience, what we're all facing, uh, I think when we call it the regulatory landscape, I think that's being kind. It's not a landscape, it's a landmine. It's land, it's a minefield, it's a minefield it's with landmines, with black ice, with uncertainty, with chaos. Um, no matter what role you're playing in this industry, like it or not, it's heavily regulated. And quite frankly, um, 
it, it should be to the extent that safe products are good for your brand because it keeps people coming back for more safe products and transparent marketing and compliant manufacturing um, in the aggregate in the long term leads to a robust and sustainable industry. So um, uh, when we think about the regulatory landscape and and creating tools and, ha and, and, and having tools that help us with that, we're dealing with, I mean, here's the update. This is not gonna surprise anybody. Um, it's a heavily regulated space, um, uh, whether it's uh, state and federal agencies, departments of ags, departments of um, uh, state departments of FDA, FDA at the federal level, FTC, and a myriad other of regulatory authorities that are in this space, that are overseeing this space, um, that as we've seen, um, over the years, um, FDA will flex its muscle to uh, try to catch up to an industry that's ahead of them. And they'll issue tranches of, of, of warning letters um, to big brand names, as we've seen recently, um, and, and then even to lesser to let the industry know we're still here, we're overseeing you, um, and get, get yourself right with compliance. Um, and then there's the litigation frontier. And unfortunately, um, I can speak to this firsthand as a, a defector of the, the plaintiff's uh, pharmaceutical trial bar. Um, cannabis is the next um, plaintiff's attorney's frontier and we're already seeing class actions pending in federal courts um, dealing with employees um, who failed drug tests and are suing the manufacturers for reliance on representations uh, that were made on the uh, on the packaging and labeling, and then we're seeing um, other big big name um, uh, cases recently uh, to the extreme of wrongful death suits um, related to um, compliance mishaps, packaging and labeling issues. So that we all know that that's that's the regulatory um, minefield that we're all in. Thank you, thank you. Um... So we now know that, you know, the situation is complex and uh, there's dangers and but that coming up with a system, honestly, um, you know, it will help your operations become more efficient. It will lower people's stress, including your own. Um, you know, it'll empower your operators, your employees, excuse me, by, you know, putting, um, you know, compliance comes from the top. And if there's a system and it's just baked into operations, it's just part of what you do, then um, it's it changes. It, it changes the culture and it changes the product. And in the end, um, it often, you know, saves money in the terms of like lost profits or, or fines or deficiencies. Um, in one uh, case, um, I'm going to back up one second just to give you a little bit of background about me for people who don't know me. Um, I have been in the industry since 2013, um, worked on uh, one of the first um, vertical medical uh, applications in Massachusetts, started meeting a lot of people in the industry. And honestly, what was a, a I had a freelance writing practice. It pivoted within 18 months to totally in the, in the cannabis industry. Um, and I worked for small and large companies, uh, advisors working on applica uh, applications, wrote uh, SOPs, policies, um, best practices. Uh, so it was it was it was a great it was a fun time. Um, in 2015, I went in house with my largest client, um, which at the time had two uh, facilities. I was about employee 50, and by the time I left five years later, um, we were operating in um, nine states. Had 
900 employees or so and had gone public. So, you know, during those years, I found myself sort of on the front um, lines of what was going on in facilities, big and small, right? Well-funded, not so well-funded. Um, and what struck me over and over again was um, there was a lot of stress. There was a lot of operational stress. People didn't always understand what they could and they couldn't do. Um, some operators cared about that. Some didn't. You know, I think the days of not caring about that and being able to get away with it are, are ending um, now that the industry is maturing. Um, but it, it wasn't just the small players. And, you know, you'd win an application, you'd have to promise, you'd have to comply with everything that was in your application, not to mention the state regs for the different teams. And if they changed or there was guidance issues, multiple states. So, um, and the regulations tended to change a lot. And uh, it was always, uh, do we have the most current version? Are our SOPs up to date? Do people know? I mean, in a number of facilities, uh, companies that I worked with, there were, you know, SOPs printed in the bottom shelf of the cultivation grow in case somebody walked in. Then there was the, you know, I mean, there was just multiple versions of SOPs. Um, or 10,000 binders on right. a shelf that nobody right. opened. Checklist that, you know, with that, you know, and, and even the most well-funded people that were trying to do it right, things were moving so fast. So um, it was just hard to stay ahead. And, you know, and because it was the Wild West, people were getting poached, you know, people were moving. So there was um, a lot of turnover, not just at the entry level, but at the managerial level. And, and that was very disruptive. And without that sort of system that is beyond one person, um, it, it was very difficult to, to keep ahead of the game. Um, and, you know, during that time, I just kept envisioning thinking like, it doesn't have to be this hard. Like, yes. you know, let's set up a hub, let's put people together, let's put the regulations easily accessible, you know, so, you know, you don't have to spend 10 minutes trying to find the, the regulatory agency and then which version is current, like just put them there in a search, build policies and procedures, training, quizzes, you know, videos, auditing, reporting all into one hub. Um, so that is what Procana is. And, you know, I think uh, what I hear, um, again, big and small is, you know, some people love systems and, and they're, you know, they're probably ahead of it, but a lot of people, you know, have, sort of a system or it's in somebody's head, you know, and, um, you know, how do you, how do you take the jump? You know, how it, it seems like such a big um, project to take on, you know, where do you start? And, you know, I, I think in any risk mitigation or sort of operations or any big project, you just choose a place and you jump in. So, yes. you know, one of our first clients had um, been dinged with a very large fine for uh, in um, someone was using the wrong pesticide. You know, that company was very motivated to be checking operations. They came in from the auditing point of view. Um, we have a number of, you know, companies that are on with their um, advisory teams and, and they're applying in other states, right? So they need the searchable regulations. So, you know, start building your policies on a base and, and connect everything. So, you know, you can tell if the regulation changes, we need to change this SOP because everything wow. is linked. Um, so, Jerry, and, do you Yeah. And from your experience, too, I know that you're going to relate to this, even even just the appearance to a regulator that 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 uh, comes in to audit your facility or you know comes in indirectly with a warning letter even the appearance of a compliance strategy is half the battle right so um, if you if you have a thoughtful plan if you have both people and processes i'm a big believer and this is what's so so nice about procana you know procana is sort of at the intersection of I want to say empathy because you baked in with empathy and care what's needed to facilitate a more compliant operation um, in inside these these cannabis operations. Um, but even getting back to my point, 
even just the appearance of, of having that um, is, is frankly half the battle. Um, and imagine if you've integrated, I like what you said, I wanna pick up on that, that at any point, wherever you are, um, you don't have to be responsive and remedial with your compliance. In fact, um, prophylactic and proactive, like start, I always say, start now wherever you are. You know, there's no room for regret. You know, there's two times to plant a tree. I say there's two times to plant a compliance strategy back 20 years ago um, and now. So um, no matter where a, an operation is, um, whether it's a, a Procana technology, whatever your compliance strategy is, which should be integrated, there needs to be humans involved both internally and externally. This is a complex you know, um, uh, challenging uh, 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 undertaking to in implement and sustain a compliance operation. So Procana is a tool to facilitate that process. And wouldn't you wouldn't you agree that that from your perspective working and by the way, in, in cannabis years like dog years, you're a veteran, you're a cannabis <laughs> veteran. You, you've got me by a couple of years and that's a lot. So um, uh, wouldn't you say from your frontline experience that um, the sooner that you have a compliance strategy, one that's already in place, the more quickly a team can 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 respond. There's going to be bumps. There's going to be errors. There's going to be mistakes. But if you've got at least a strategy in place and a mindset that compliance is a segue compliance is our vehicle to get our brand our business our license from where it is right now to where we want to be the gap filler is that compliance strategy and 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 would you, you yeah what are your thoughts about that from your own experience Didi? I, I think it, you know it, it's i sort of um i think it's important to to say that compliance is there's regulatory compliance there's compliance with external standards right that's the foundation those are the table stakes that's what a lot of you are concerned about but then to really maximize your brand and build a strong company culture and and a product that people love it's it's compliance with your internal policies and procedures right so you know the system the compliance system isn't just for over here on this left side just to make sure you can check the boxes it's it's just an operational system. It's compliance. The, 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 the regs are the, the minimum, right? But, you know, it's not only this is what you have to do with the packaging, but this is how you're going to do it. That is your standard. That is what, you know, you need to check compliance with your internal standard. So your system, I think, um, it's sort of, you know, opening your mind away from just regulatory compliance and being afraid that someone's going to catch you doing something to, you know, sort of just embracing it is yes. the way to get the most out of your operations and how you can improve workflow efficiency how you can improve training and onboarding um it, as you said it's it's not a just a defensive mechanism i like to i i, I talk about it like as a moat the 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 strategy is that i i try to implement with my clients is look whether it's your brand, whether it's a license application that we're that we're that we're working on, whether it's a license holder of business and operating business, that the it's to build a moat around your business that's high enough to keep the regulators out and low enough um, to bring the keep the consumers coming back for more. So so it's almost like compliance is your drawbridge that you let down for both the regulators and the consumers. Come on in, check us out. We're good. And then consumers, I love what you just said. I want to pick up on that, that consumers will continue to come back for more. It's not, it's, it's not magic. It, it, it's 
They'll come back for more if your product is safe, performs consistent with what you said it was going to do, that it has in it what it says that you had in it, um, and, your, and you'll keep your license and you'll get it renewed if you continuously demonstrate that you are um, producing good product, um, you are operating in a compliant way, um, you're generating revenue, both your own revenue and that for the state, because let's face it, I mean, they want to see that you are successful revenue generating operations. So it's if you think about it from as, you, as we've been talking about as, a, as a, uh, an opportunity rather than an obligation, it takes on a whole compliance takes on a whole new life. And frankly, I, I, I want to compliment you because I, I think that Fulcana really manifests as I said, it's it's empathic. It really manifests um, uh, the very practical, um, real issues and and gives us practical tools to help us run more efficient um, and more compliant operations. One last thing about this, you know, let's face it, we're in license season right now. I can tell you, like, we're in the thick of it. In let's just take New Jersey for example. We were we've been talking about. Um, we've been talking about safety, we've been talking about compliance. Well, first of all, safety is actually in the, the, the Cannabis Regulatory Commission's ethos. That's the, like the word. Um, and then um, of 100 points in the, in the applications right now, 50, 50 is for a regulatory compliance plan, 50. So of 100. <laughs> and the other big tranche is 40 at 40 points is the business and and operating plan which also um could could speak to and narrate your so compliance. Connected. <laughs> it's, all, it's all it's all connected so i cannot underscore enough how important it is to wherever you are in your journey as a license applicant as a license holder as a brand to be Im implementing and thinking about compliance as a segue to brand equity, compliance as an opportunity, not a burden. And, and the beauty is that there are people um, and tools like Procana to help you to get where you want to be. So um, I can't believe that we've been going for 22 minutes. <laughs> I, I, I mean, we are both so um, not only a depth of experience and insight, but more importantly, we're so I, I guess, passionate, um, committed to helping the entire industry, whatever role, fellow advisors, um, you know, whatever role you're playing on the operational side to, um, to embrace compliance. Um, and we can all do better together. Um, and this is one of the tools to, to, to help us all do that. Um, I'll, uh, I mean, I've got a, a I, I mean, my strategy is to crush compliance. <laughs> my, 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 my interest is helping clients crush and, and I crush it. And I, and I will tell you that um, uh, I'm advising my clients, uh, my license applicant clients incorporate um, uh, the Procrana technology and other people um, that uh, um, can help you to have and sustain a robust and compliant operation. Um, the good news is we started with the icky news, which was just the facts of the regulatory scene and the litigation scene. And, you know, we're coming to a close with the good news is um, uh, 
it can be done um, and you can crush compliance and uh, transform really your operations and your business when you embrace compliance and tools to help you to have a compliant operation, see that as an opportunity. And I, I like to think of it as a competitive advantage. So start now, wherever you are. Um, and uh, as they say, as they say, get right with compliance, get yourself in a good compliance based operation, <laughs> invoking Joe Osteen there for a second, not to go too religious, but I think the messaging uh, um, is uh, getting through um, in the industry. And, and uh, I just look forward to continuing to help this industry um, uh, thrive and, and become robust and trustworthy and mainstream. Thank you. Thank you. I appreciate uh, you taking the time to share your thoughts and perspectives with us. Um, you know, we're very mindful of how busy everybody is. So, you know, I think we will wrap up now. Um, I don't see any questions, but if something comes up and, you know, you want, you have a question or you want to talk with us, by all means, um, don't hesitate to reach out to either Sherry or me. Um, LinkedIn message. Um, Sherry, what's the best way to get in touch with you? Well, I was going to say, I have a question. Um, how can people get in touch with you? So I'll answer that, the one you just asked me. And then my last question is to you, how can people get in touch with you? Um, absolutely, LinkedIn, my website, 68partners.com, the digit six, the digit eight partners. Um, and then um, my email, Sherry, S-H-E-R-I, at 68partners.com. Thank you. That's great. That's great. And what about you? Yeah, I mean, I'm on LinkedIn. Uh, you know, I'm pretty responsive. Definitely message me, you know, um, you know, give me a call, email, uh, you know, and if you want to learn more about Procana, there's a lot of information on our website, um, uh, procana-usa.com. Um, and, I, you know, I also invite, you know, we're all in this together. And, you know, it, you may not be interested in, in seeing a demo of Procana, but you have a question about something or, you know, absolutely pick up the phone, you know, we're willing to uh, share what we know, best practices and, and you know, start a conversation in, in a relationship. So again, I thank you. yeah, thank you very much for taking the time today to listen to us. And I hope everybody has a, has a great day. So. Have a great day. Thank you all so much. Take care.